Hey everyone, it's Davis Mutawa here, your host of the Business Generals Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, today, I just wanted to let you know that the next two episodes are going to be a special recording that um, I wanted to share with you, and I'm very excited about this. A little while ago, I did a live workshop um, over in Zambia. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't know where Zambia is, Zambia is in the southern part of Africa. That is where the Great Victoria Falls is. And that is where I originally come from. I migrated, my wife and I migrated from Zambia to Australia about 2005. So we went down there to visit family and um, to do some business projects there. And one of the things we really wanted to do was to organize a business workshop which we titled Think, Execute, Succeed, The Art of Converting Your Ideas and Giftings into Wealth and Your Wealth into Significance. So I wanted to give you the privilege and the opportunity to to hear me live on stage and in action. And I wasn't very sure about how this would go down because it's it's a little while ago. But I re- I'm really excited about the content that uh, was delivered and the feedback that we received was just amazing. We we held it in in Lusaka, that's the capital of Zambia, and we had over 50 people in um in the Protea Hotel Conference Center over over in Lusaka, and it was it was just amazing just to 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 have the opportunity to spend a couple of hours in a live workshop. Now, my team has edited this down just to give you all the, the, the key highlights of my training workshop there. So, so you're going to get a two-part series um, of that workshop. And I really want you to dig in and to really enjoy listening in. I started it off by just sharing about myself, my family, and then we talk about what is your mission in life, and we'll talk about what is your second mission in life. So I want you to pay attention to all of that. And then we go into the six steps to significance. Ideas, creating systems, creating duplication, creating leverage, then creating wealth, which leads you to significance. And I walk through a bunch of examples to just trigger your your senses and your imagination and to help you recall and remember all the things that are critical and that are important. We talk about ideas, we talk about systems that you need to put into place. And um, I help you just walk through a whole bunch of scenarios and it's really engaging. I had a lot of fun. Um, Our family was there, my wife was there, our daughter was there, Um, my brother, my older brother, my wife's uh, younger sister and younger brother. Actually, this event was all organized by um, Brave Only Music and Retunes, which is an organization led by Mr. Stephen Mwale, who is my wife's young brother. And uh, they're doing an amazing job marketing um, music over in Africa. And, um, and we're very proud of what he has done. He's been one of my coaching students for a number of years now. And um, he's a real entrepreneur. And I just want to give him a shout out. And so dig right in. Enjoy. And if you've got any feedback, hit me up at dmutabwa at outlook.com or go to business journals podcast at outlook.com. Remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player if you have not already done so, so that you do not miss an episode. And for all the show highlights, the highlight reel, free PDF highlight reel, it's going to be available for you. Businessgenerals.com forward slash think. 
businessjournals.com forward slash think. Grab that, download it, and it's all yours for free at that link, businessjournals.com forward slash think. I love you guys. Enjoy this episode. Whoever had a Walkman? Yeah? What color was it? Black? Gray? Anybody had a fancier color? Did they ever come in white? Stephen is nodding his head. Maybe in the latter generations they did. <laughs> Generally they were black, isn't it? What could they play in those things? Just a tape, yeah? What was the worst thing about Walkmans? When the battery dies? What was, what was worse than that? Rewinding. No, what was the gravest thing that was bad about the Walkman? When it did what? Who said it? Yes. Let's give her a hand. When the tape got chewed, and then you pull it out, and the whole thing has gone. <laughs> it's gone. And then you get those, yeah, you get the pen, the big pen, and you're spinning it away. Who's ever watched Steve Jobs' movie? I think there's two, right? There's another one that I just watched on our flight here. I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Steve Jobs, actually. <laughs> so... Steve Jobs says to his daughter, he says, what is, that on you? What, what is that thing you keep walking around with? I don't know whether it's true or whether it's just um, editorial license that the guys took on the movie. And he says, and the daughter says, it's, it's a Walkman. It's, and he says, how many songs do you have on that thing? And she says, I don't know. How many songs do you put on a tape? 20? No? 10? <laughs> 2? <laughs> side A and side B. <laughs> So he says to her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something that is going to be very small and you can put a thousand songs on it. And she was like, yeah, right. And we have an iPod shuffle. That's where it, it all started, right? If you ever saw, it's just internet here is a bit of a challenge, but I was going to put a couple of images here for you guys to see. Some of the older iPods, they're nice and big and they could hold, I don't know, maybe 200 songs and that was huge. Maybe 100 songs I think they could hold at the beginning. That was huge. Imagine 100 songs and they don't get chewed and you can actually select the song. It was good. The iPod converted into iTunes, iTunes, iPhones, and you know all the various manners of iNesses are now available, iPads and iPad minis and all sorts of things. He converted an idea that was pre-existing and he made it better. Sometimes... It's not about creating something that has never, ever existed. It's about just finding something and making it, making it better. Okay? So I just pulled out that as a case study. Because sometimes some of these stories help us remember, help us get encouraged. When you're you're all alone, everything has failed, and you're just like, I don't know what else to do. You can just find an idea and make it better. As long as it's within an area that you're passionate about and an area that you've got a strength in. Make sense? The second one I wanted to talk about is headphones. You know, there was a point where headphones disappeared. After the age of the Walkman, nobody ever wanted to be seen alive with headphones on their head because it just was just wrong. At least people had the, the small earphones and they looked cool and, and it was nice because it was just in your ear. And then suddenly, headphones were back. Have you ever heard of Dr. Dre and Beats by Dre? This guy's a hip-hop star. He's a, he's a producer. But somehow, somewhere, they managed to get into headphones because it was all about sound for them. So good sound. So they said, well, you know, let's get good quality headphones, good sound that we can listen to. And those things, uh, I don't know how, how much do they cost here. 
anybody you don't even know, right? How much? Four thousand eight hundred kwacha. Eight hundred kwacha. Right. So they're much cheaper here. That's only like a hundred dollars, less than a hundred dollars. They must be dodgy, man. Otherwise, we can start a business, you and me. We buy them here. Is that good or good? Because my little cousin bought them for I suspect it was eight hundred dollars. Yeah. No. 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 This this was only yeah this was only like I don't know a year ago a year ago so um so it's a good business what's your name my brother yeah we'll talk we'll talk guy we're all in business eh so this guy converted just basic headphones he made them better he made them what and today those headphones are costing a lot of money in fact very recently he sold his whole his whole business to to Apple he's a billionaire. Dr. Dre is a billionaire. He just used to make beats, converting just one idea that was already pre-existing and just making it better. And he's made it cool because it looks cool. Some of them are red. Some of them are white, gold. And, you know, it's a fashion statement. Maybe they're just hanging on your, on your collar. And some of us, you know, makes you look younger. <laughs> For sure. So, this, so these are ideas that were pre-existing that were made better. Yeah, is somebody learning something from this? So you can find an idea that you say, if only these guys could make this thing this way, it would really take off. That's your chance. That's your shot. Eric Thomas talks about, he says, I was born in America and I wake up at, he wakes up at 3 a.m. every morning and he goes for a jog. He does his, his, his praying and he's reading his Bible. And then he goes into his, into his office at whatever, four or five in the morning. And he says, before everybody wakes up, by nine o'clock, I've done like half a day's worth of work. So you know Steve Harvey, um, he was a little s- third grade student or you know, he was in little primary school days and the teacher said to the whole class, as they probably would have done with you at some point, they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? So everybody wrote down what they wanted to be and little Steve said on his little piece of paper, I want to be on TV. And the teacher came up to him and he says, Steve, do you know anybody in your neighborhood who's been on TV? And he thought about where the projects, where he grew up, is like, actually, not really. He said, anybody in your family ever been on TV? And he thought about his uncles and his aunties and his cousins down the road, and he's like, not really. And she says, so why aren't you serious about writing something that actually makes sense on your piece of paper? And she sent a note to the mother saying, Steve is not serious about school. So the mother sort of said, you know, you're going to deal with your father when he comes home. So when the father came home, the mother says... Steve has got a bad report from school. And so the father, who was only like a fifth grade educated person, says, what is the problem? The mother says, here's the letter from school. And the school teacher said, we asked everybody to write down what they wanted to be when they grew up. And this is what he wrote. The father says, what's wrong with this? He says, little Steve, what does your teacher want you to write? And little Steve says, well, maybe a policeman, maybe a teacher, maybe a fireman, maybe one of those kind of professions that people around where they were living used to do. So the father was a a wise man. He says to him, Steve, write down on the piece of paper, policeman. Keep your paper in your drawer next to your bed. Every morning when you wake up, read it. Every night before you go to bed, read it. Little Steve is on TV every single day around the world today. Why? Because of his gifting. But the parents did not crush his gift. Yes? So if you're a parent, 
or you're planning on being a parent or you you're you're a mentor to other people be careful not to crush their giftings steve worked in the ford factory i believe just you know assembling of vehicles he worked there for many years and he used to do stand-up comedy stand-up gigs you know on the side and people would always say to him you know you're funny when are you gonna you know do something about this take it more seriously until one day he just got frustrated and he says i'm gonna do this and he stepped out and he began to do full-time comedy and he talks about how he slept in, in cars he was broke chasing his dream and then they found a producer who started doing kings of comedy with um with cedric and all those other guys it's not very clean show so i'm not suggesting that anybody goes and watches it i haven't watched it myself but through the through comedy steve harvey's he's got he's on radio syndicated radio throughout the americas every single morning people are listening to steve harvey calling in steve can you help me with this steve is on tv steve has written is written over two books very successful books he says I never knew I could morph my gifting of comedy into a talk show. I never knew my gift of comedy could morph into writing books. I never knew it could morph into coaching and creating training programs. So what am I saying? You can harness your gifting in the same way. It may it may take different roots, it may manifest itself in a different way, but in the end, if you stick with your passion, it'll bear fruit. Yes or yes. So, who's learned something from Steve Harvey? Who's read his book by the way? Which one have you read? I've got Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success. That's a really good book. But here's something about the Act Like a Success, Think Like a Success. It wasn't actually Steve who penned the book. What is that called? Leverage. Find somebody who has time. <laughs> Find somebody who has time and exchange their time with your money. And then they'll write it for you. Yes or yes? Oh, yeah. Trevor Noah. Who's seen Trevor Noah before? Trevor Noah comes to Melbourne. Not invited by Africans or South Africans have organized themselves. Trevor Noah is coming. Not like that. <laughs> Trevor Noah comes because there's what's called the Melbourne Comedy Festival. All the big comedians in the world congregate for like three weeks in Melbourne. And, you know, officers will come around and say, hey, we're getting tickets to the Comedy Festival. Who's coming? Blah, blah, blah. And there he is, Trevor Noah. He's frontlining just because he's pursued his gift. You turn on Fox News or CNN, I'm not sure which one he's syndicated on now. Every morning or every week, he's, he's on one of the American big networks doing, doing jokes about Obama. What is it? Comedy Center. Which network is it on? The Daily Show? Yeah. So he's probably syndicated on one or two other channels through, through that same network. But what has he done? He's just focused on his gifting and he's passionate about it. Of course it was tough. Of course people told him he was never going to make it. Just quit and get a job. You know, just quit and go and drive a truck. Or, I don't know, become a, an accountant. Boring. Count other people's money. Who does that? I do. <laughs> but he's followed his passion. He's followed his gifting. And here we are today. We can learn something from him. And he's still young. So he's probably not finished. If he continues to do what he's been doing up to now. Any comedians in the room? I mean, the ones who can actually make money out of it. Steve is the resident comedian. <laughs> one day he'll make some money out of it. So what ideas do you have? I want you to crystallize at least one idea that you have. That you know you can begin to harness. What giftings do you have? Here's a question. Whose idea did you drive in today? So today we drove in Mr. Toyota's idea. It's called a Toyota Hilux. That was somebody's idea. It's actually my brother's car. So 
Now, you, you may be wondering whose idea am I wearing today? So, because I'm very smart. Actually, by coincidence, this is Zara. My shirt is also Zara, but I don't know whether it's real. <laughs> you know those, those Zaras, like my man's uh, um, Beats by Dre. <laughs> you know, it's someone's idea. They made a decision to say, we're going to cut you know, a jacket this way, we'll put a little thing on the pocket, and we'll, we'll cut it around this way, we'll put two pockets here. It's someone's idea. And I chose to like it, and I exchange money with it for it. You know, some of us um, maybe are using Steve Jobs' idea as a phone, or Samsung, or Zamtel. So those are just ideas, right? Everything started as an idea. So you may have an idea today that may look impossible, but it's just an idea that you can put into the seed, into the ground as a seed. So the question is, can you write down an idea that you have? And I keep talking about the ideas that keep coming back to you, saying, I should have started that kindergarten thing, school, I don't know, games. I should have written that song. Hopefully you're a good singer too. By the way, if you're not a good singer, but you're a good songwriter, you can still make money, right? You can still make money. You see, I talked about, I talked about Manchester United, which is the club that, unfortunately, my uh, big brother goes for. What's happened to them? It's their coach, right? Alex Ferguson left and Manchester United went into trouble. But he never stepped onto the pitch. In fact, during his days, he was never a good player either. Seriously. But he's a good coach. He understood his strength. So what ideas do you have? I talked about McDonald's. Ray Kroc is the one whose family has made millions and millions and millions of dollars. It was not his idea. It wasn't his idea. He just bought the idea. So you can buy an idea. If you don't have an idea, you can buy one. And then someone says, I can't afford one. Well, I've written a couple of ways here just for free. You can partner with somebody with an idea. Is that possible? Yes or yes? You can offer somebody future cash flow in your idea if they partner with you or if you go and activate their idea. Yes or yes? You can find a mentor and do on the computer is what is called copy and paste. Copy is control C. Paste is control V. That's it. Control C, control V. With permission or however else you want to operate that process. That's one way you can do it. Finding an idea, whether you have one or not, just find something and get to work. Is that good? So this is on the last lap, and I want to go into some of the mechanics. Obviously, tonight is not going to go into too many mechanics, too many details, because others will be here all night. But I really want you to go away with something special, something that you have learned today that you can execute on, because it's about thinking, executing, and succeeding. Because if all you ever did was think, and you never executed, you're going to die broke. System fundamentals. Anytime you're creating a business, see, one of the other things I love about business is when you create a business, you're creating what is called equity. Equity means value that is created in the business that you can sell off to somebody or that somebody can come and buy shares into your business and give you money for. That's equity. When you've just started, the business doesn't really have equity. But if you went to Hungry Lion and said, I want to buy Hungry Lion, even if they don't sell you anything else such as the equipment, real estate, anything, they will have a value that they will attach to the, lay, to, to, the, um, to the business of Hungry Lion. And that's the equity that they have built in their business. Also called goodwill. It's not the same thing, but in this forum we can reference it. Goodwill is something you have created, a name, 
something that people can follow through. You know you've bought Hungry Lion and people would expect a certain level. A business, you can create equity. But equity will not exist if everything is dependent on you. Because that means you are the equity. If that's how you want to run it, that's okay. As long as you know that you will always be the person who is who drives the business in terms of generating money. And you can never leave that business. You can never sell that business. And that's fine. If you want to do that, you can do that. And then you just make sure you maximize on your income while you are running that thing. Now, three pillars, three corners that you want to have when, you've, when you're creating a system. Marketing. Marketing is about bringing in traffic. Yes or yes? Customer service is about maintaining the traffic. We're not very good at customer service in, in our country here. Financial intelligence is about understanding the money that your customers are bringing you. Is that good? Okay. So let's break it down. Marketing and advertising. Traffic. One of the cheapest ways we drive traffic into our businesses, into our business ideas today, is through social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Which other one are you guys using these days? Snapchat. Do you advertise on Snapchat? Yes? Do you know what happened yesterday? I was turning on an app on my phone and it says to me, Cosmopolitan Mall McKinney has just opened. I was actually in McKinney. So I was like, has this message, it was a Google ad, has this gone out to everybody in Zambia or have they targeted me based on the tower that I'm using for my mobile phone? <laughs> Did other people get that? Other people got that? And you were not in McKinney. But, but it's probably for people in Osaka, do you reckon? Everyone, everyone, including other people who are not in Osaka, who have just crossed over the border. But if you understand social media, there's what's called retargeting and, and things like that, where people can know and they can market to you directly based on your behavior online, based on what you liked yesterday. Have you ever been online and you've looked at a car and then next time you go online, you, you're just reading your email and you're getting car ads coming up because they're retargeting. They've put cookies on your on your on your phone on your, on your phone or or computer, and therefore they're retargeting you because they know you probably like this. It's cheap. It's cheaper than just scattergun approach of marketing. So this is marketing and advertising. But here's the thing: the best form of marketing is what word of mouth. I went to the movies. I watched this movie. You've got to see it. Do you ever get paid for that? No. It's word of mouth. But here's the thing about word of mouth. It's reliable. It's coming from somebody you trust. And therefore, you're probably going to go and do it. So as a business owner, you want to have a way of pushing, encouraging people to, to, to do that word of mouth. You've got to find a way, a system to make sure that they are promoting word of mouth. That could be, you say to them, hey, if you bring in two clients, you get something for free. Now, some people say, I would not refer my friends to a shop if I know I'm getting something out of it. Why? If your friends are going to get a good deal, you're getting a good deal for advertising. It's a business transaction. It's fine. I'm okay with it. Online and offline. Okay, offline is, 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 is more expensive than online. So if you're starting out, focus online as much as you can. Focus on the media that is being used in your marketplace for, for driving traffic. But I want to touch on mindset. Mindset, you've got to be in the game to win the game. When you're watching a football match, they're what we call armchair critics. Armchair critics are never on the field. What they're doing is they're criticizing the people who are on the field playing. So if you are on the field and you start paying attention to the armchair critics, you're going to lose. 
And here's the other thing you gotta be, you got to be cognizant of. Who pays money to watch a football game? It's the spectators, right? Who makes money at the end of the football game? It's the players. That's why these days I'm not too passionate whether the team wins or loses because I know the boys who are playing, they don't mind. They lose and, yeah, they still get paid. The ones who are getting paid are not too concerned. So, you've got to be in the game to win the game. Nobody ever won a match on the stands unless you were in the game. So, stay in the game. Everybody says stay in the game. Tenacity. Tenacity is really just having that bulldog persistence to say, I'm going to hold on. I'm just going to hold on. They say, that guy is going mad. Yes, let me go mad. I'm holding on to my dream. You hold on and you keep pushing. You keep pushing until it breaks. That's tenacity. That's what you require. That's the mindset you need to have. And this mindset requires you to make that decision before you get into a tough time. Not when you're in the tough time because you're going to quit. Somebody's going to tell you it's not worth it. But when you make up your mind beforehand, you make a decision, what you'll find is when, you, when it goes tough, you keep pressing on. You keep pressing on. Say, I'm going to press on. Have you ever read a book called Going for No? Let me see your hand if you've, if you've heard of a book called Going for No. This is just a paradigm shift. See, every single time we're going to get a good a business deal, we're going for a yes, aren't we? So if you're running a media company and you're wanting to get a media contract and you say, I'm going to target three or four financial corporations, hopefully I'll get one yes. Essentially, you've said to yourself, I'm probably going to get three no's, right? So instead of going for the yes, go for no. What it means is you're flipping the switch in your mind. Because every time you go for a yes and you get a no, you get discouraged. Yes or yes. But if you say to yourself, I'm going to go for a no, I want to see how many no's I can get this week. Make sense? I'm going to see how many no's I can get this month. And you have a target. You say, I'm going to get 10 no's a week. I'm going to get 10 no's a week. And here's how it's going to be like. I'll, I'll get a list of 100 businesses that are in my target, in my niche. And I'm going to go to each one of them and make a proposal, tailored proposal. But all I'm interested in is a no. If they say maybe, it's not a no. So I'll push them and say, is that a yes or a no? Until I get my no. What are you doing? You're just playing a game on your psychology. Because all this is just between our ears. It's just a mindset game. So if you can shift your mindset, imagine how many yeses you will end up with as you pursue the no's. Because you can only get so many no's before the yes shows up. Now, when the yes shows up, that's the best time to go for another no. That's not the time to stop. Because they say in sales, there's no better time to make another sale than when you've just made a sale. So don't stop because you've gotten a yes. Keep going until you get a no. Because you might just have a string of yeses coming your way. In fact, one guy was being taught sales and he was selling shoes. He was in a men's store and he did a good deal. Somebody came in, they were just looking for a shirt. And he said to them, what about this tie as well? And he says, oh yeah, that would be nice. What about these pants and these, this belt? And he says, that would be nice. And he thought, oh, I've upsold him quite a bit. And he says, well, this way to the counter. And he, he, he did the till and um, the boss came to him and said, what did you do? That man was not finished selling. He's like buying. He's like, well, he only wanted a shirt and he walked out with the, with the whole bag of things. And the man says, did he say no? He says, no. So he says, keep asking them. Keep upselling them until they say no. Does that make sense? 
So if you're a musician, if you're a muso and you're selling CDs and you've got four, four albums, this is my first album, boss. Okay, I'll take one. Oh, this is my second album. This is also, this is a, the song number, number four song here. You really love it. Oh, okay, I'll take that one. Actually, the third album I did is just right here. Until they say, ah, I think that's enough. And say, okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. Because you might be leaving money on the table, right? So I want to help somebody. Make a decision to go for some no's. I'm going to go for 20 no's a day. Imagine doing 20 no's a day for 360 days for the whole year. How many no's are you going to get? And how hard is it to, to get 20 no's a day? You pick up the phone, make 20 calls. They all say no. You're done for the day. Actually, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. I will not lie to you. But if you can do it, it'll make you wealthy. Because there are people who are looking for what you have, but you've just got to go through the nose. Remember the tree. There's somebody somewhere who's looking for what you have, but you've just got to go through the process. If you're running a, a, a not-for-profit organization, there's somebody looking for the cause that you're pushing that they're looking to partner with, but you just got to go through the nose. And you're just not going to give up. Are we together? So that's bringing in traffic. Customer service, dealing with customers, dealing with your fans, dealing with your followers. Unless you're a monopoly like, um, like Zesco, yeah? <laughs> Actually, I'm not going to go there. Maybe I'll just go there for a little bit. If you're a monopoly like Zesco, right, you can, you can switch off your electricity anytime without telling them that you're about to switch it off. And then you can switch it back on after two hours. And then you can switch it back off again after 30 minutes. And then people are just guessing and saying, maybe it will come, maybe it will go. And then when it comes, like, I don't understand that. But because you're a monopoly, people are going to be forced to stay with you. But if you're not a monopoly, then people are just what I call a volunteer army. They can leave anytime. So you've got to look after them. So you've got to look after them. Here's one way to look after your customers. Feedback loop. What do your customers say? But you notice I've said you need to have an effective feedback loop. An effective feedback loop says, if I give feedback to your manager, to your store, to your, to your shop, something gets done about it. You see, what I've learned is when a politician receives a letter, I don't know whether politicians here receive letters from their constituents, but, but when a politician receives a letter of support for a program that they're doing, here's what they understand. They know that there are other constituents who, ha who are of the same view, but they just can't be bothered to write that letter. Have you ever put up a video? Let me, let me say put up because most of us may, may not have. Have you ever gone on Facebook and you've seen a picture that you, you liked, but you didn't click like? Yeah? And then if it's you who put it up, who put up the picture, you're like, dude, you didn't like my picture. And you're like, no, I liked it, but I just didn't click. Yeah? So there's a lot of people who would love to give you feedback, but they're just not going to bother. So when one person gives you feedback, you can take that as more people have given that feedback. But you've got to be more effective about how you handle that feedback. And if you're effective, then people will give you more feedback. For instance, one of the beefs that I have now is I hesitate to go and buy bread in Pick and Pay or ShopRite. You just want to get bread. And it takes so long just to, to go through the till because it's just inefficient, the process. I don't know, I don't know how it can be that slow, but it is very slow. In fact, this one time we were in ShopRite in Kitwe, we were going to Ndola or something and we we're just getting drinks. Let's just quickly get drinks and we'll be on our way to Ndola. That took a long time to just get drinks and, and a packet of chips. It really did take a long time. And one of the reasons it took a long time was this. 
we were in the queue and as we were about to to reach the the final point of payment there were a couple of people in front of us suddenly a whole bunch of shoprite employees congregate at our till and they stop serving us and they start counting money and i got confused i said what's going on there i asked the lady i said what's happening there she says no we're counting money we're changing shifts and the supervisor comes and she opens the till and she starts i said let me have a chat with the supervisor and then they all looked funny at me and i said um what's happening here oh we're just changing shift and there were like eight of them you could see there were all of them in shop uniform we were not being served but they were all attendants and i was like couldn't you get one of those guys to come and serve us while you guys count the money and they all just looked very confused at me because their process is is that's how they do it you you wait in line they count the money i still don't understand why they all have to come to your to the till with their, their little bags of i don't know what they carry in those bags and they're just standing around and then they finish there and I saw them they go to another spot so there's other tills that are not open open another till close that till serve people on the other till while you count your money in that till it's simple processes when you frustrate your customers they will word of mouth works the other way but because you're a monopoly for now you behave that way but when somebody else will come and provide better service you will lose your customers and it will be too late to change do you understand so customer feedback now even if people are frustrated they don't even know where to go and provide the feedback because here's what i said can i speak to the manager so it's more important to count the money than to deal with the people who are giving you the money and then i turned this way and i saw a whole three guys one was mopping the floor the other two were just standing around but they they looked like they they're cleaners and i'm thinking Where is the productivity? Way too many people in ShopRite. Way too many employees. Seriously, you go tomorrow into ShopRite and have a look at how many employees are in that store. Too many, too many. That's why they they would say that one would do it, I won't do it. Here's what I say. When you go into like um into like a Melbourne market where we where we live and you go into the equivalent of ShopRite, the people who are serving you are 15-year-old kids on their own, nobody packing for them. They process the the stuff that you've bought, they pack it for you. and they are twice as quick as these guys here and there's two of them and they are older i don't get it is it because we can't do it or is it because we won't do it we won't do it because when you're processing this bottle of water you take it this way and you go ti ti then you are looking this other side and ah bazimba then you, they check their phone you should see those kids they know you, you will never see their phones you will never see their phones i think they pack their phones away you, as soon as they get into the shop they slide everything just slides everything just slides and it's tip 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 and if you're not careful it will just fall off the other side because they're quick and they want to process it quickly but they're young so we can change we can do it we can improve our customer service so if you were ever going to open a shop that has competitive prices just work on the customer service and you'll be you'll be far above the rest You know, I've never walked into a, a store and I'm greeted as I walk in. It's like I'm intruding. They just they just look at you. When you're walking into like, you know, the like for instance one of the big stores like the equivalent of Builders World, you even get irritated because as soon as you're walking in there like waiting for eye contact, good morning, welcome to the store. Just to make you feel like you know, you can buy something from there. Sometimes you find that even the owner of the store is sitting is standing at the front door and you're walking in to exchange your your money with them and they just look at you they just look at you go in you buy your stuff you walk out they don't even say thank you that's not customer service are we together loyalty programs you know what, i don't know i heard my mom my mom travels quite a bit on euro euro africa the bus 
and I, I don't know if they still do it now, but she has a loyalty card where you take you take how many rides? Twenty. Ten rides and you get one. I hope it's not twenty rides for you to get one. <laughs> so ten rides you get one. That's good because you're gonna want to get that extra that one free ride. Even though the other the other transport guys are better. It's called a loyalty program. Introduce it in your business. It's free. Find a way to introduce it. Because one of the best things you can use in your business to attract more traffic is to use your own stuff. Right? So if I'm a business coach, I could say I'll I'll give two free coaching sessions to somebody in the audience today. It's not going to cost me any money, but it's going to help retention of the people that I'm working with. Same thing in your own business, right? Upselling. We've talked about upselling. You know, one of the biggest things that helped McDonald's, not one of the biggest things, one thing that has helped them increase their revenue is one question. Would you like fries with that? You buy your burger quietly with a drink and they say to you, would you like fries with that? And you think about it, how much are the fries? Two dollars. Why not? But then there's so many people going through and... all the kids are trained. Sister, would you like fries with that? And they say it very quickly. If they notice you haven't bought fries, would you like fries with that? Would you like a, um, a chocolate muffin with that? Would you like an ice cream with that? Is that all for today? Just to find out whether there's more. <laughs> would that be all for today? Uh, maybe give me another large Coke. But okay, another large Coke. Would that be all for today? They just want to get a little bit more when they can. So can you do that in your business? Yes or yes? Just before I came, I went to a store called Cotton On. I don't know where they've got Cotton On here. I think it's, it's there in South Africa because I see some of their price tags have South African rand on it. And so they said to me, as I was paying, would you like a charity bag with that? And I thought, mm, not today. And the girls processed everything. And then one of the things had like, you know, $2 left for change. And she says, would you like to donate that $2 to charity? And I was like, this is not too much. Okay, take your $2. But that's training. That's a system. And they, they want to do this all the time. And then the next time I went and they said, would you like a charity bag? I said, okay, I'll take a charity bag. Because you know, I'm not being conditioned to it. So you can do that too. What you want to do is to get your customers to become raving fans. Have you ever seen people co- talking about a PC versus, an, a versus a Mac? What's better and what's not? As if they were getting paid by Apple. But they become raving fans. So you want to help your customers to get to this point where they're supporting you all the time. Okay, the last point I want to touch on is financial intelligence. There's a couple of things I want to understand about financial intelligence. Everybody say, money works for me. Money works for me. One more time, money works for me. I don't work for money. Every time you wake up in the morning, you just wake up out of your bed and say, money works for me. Money works for me. What are you doing? You're, you're reprogramming your subconscious. You're reprogramming yourself because originally you've been told money, you're supposed to work for money. So you want to reprogram your mind to say, money works for me. I I won't go into the details of this, but you've got to have financial intelligence if you're going to run a good business. What is income? What is an expense? Are you keeping record? What is an asset? What is a liability? Robert Kiyosaki, Rich That Poor That author says, very interesting point. He says, your home is not an asset. It's a liability. Because an asset brings money into your pocket. A liability takes money out of your pocket. So your home is taking money out of your pocket because you have to keep repairing it. You have to keep doing all sorts of things to it. But if it's a home that is being rented out, that becomes an asset because it's creating rental income. In fact, some one of the guys I've been, we've been training with called Judah De Lafitte, he says, don't buy that dream home. Rent somewhere 
buy a home for investment and let somebody rent from your house. How's that for a mindset shift? Have your own home rented out for the purposes of investment and you go and rent somewhere else. Because if you live in your own home, it's not, it's not an asset. And there's tax advantages if you actually rent it out. I'm sure there's tax advantages even in Zambia. Profit versus cash flow. Consumption versus investment. Compound effect. If you're going to run a business, you've got to understand these concepts. You've got to understand what is profit, what is cash flow, what is the difference. What is consumption, what is investment. You get all your money and you consume it, you don't invest any of it, it means tomorrow you're going to go and work again. But if you invest some of it, it means they start to work for you. Here's a compound effect example. If I offered you a million dollars today that you sign here, I will give you a million dollars in 30 days versus I will give you one penny that doubles in value every single day for the next 30 days. What would you choose? She says the penny. Who would choose a million dollars in 30 days? It's not a trick question. If you multiply it out, the penny doubling every single day, it's much less, <laughs> it's much less than a million dollars for most of the 30 days. For most of the 30 days, you will probably want to give up and say, I wish I took my million dollars. But as you approach the 30 days, it exceeds the million dollars by multiples of like five to 10. So you'll end up with about $5 million or more instead of just a million dollars because of the compound effect. Because of the compound effect. Have you ever seen somebody running a business and you say, wow, 10 years ago, they were still doing this thing. I never knew it could look like this in 10 years time. Why is that? The compound effect. It's taking place as they are learning, they're adding more and the multiply effect is kicking in and it's kicking in. So you've got to understand these concepts. I want to, we don't have time to go through all of them. So this is what I want to wrap up with. This is a, a seminar that I did probably maybe a, a year and a half ago. just want to give you a bit of um, something that you can look forward to for, for next time we, we show up and run something like this with our, with our crew at Brave Only, with Stephen and the team. Making money by understanding money. This is one of the pillars of, of creating a system. If you ever run a McDonald's business, they want you to go and train at McDonald's University so that you know how to run the affairs of the company. So if you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, and you don't understand money, you're going to go broke. I'll show you some statistics. This is what they say in Australia. One in three businesses will fail in the first five years. One in three will fail in the first five years. One in two in the, next, in the first 10 years. So there's a very high percentage of failure in business. Now, when you read a little bit further, you find out that 43% of business failure is because of poor strategic management. 43%. So that's nearly half. 33% poor financial control. Inadequate cash flows, high cash use, poor economic conditions, natural disasters, and fraud. These are the other things that ranked as causing financial failure in businesses. But poor strategy, poor financial controls. So how do you avoid business failure? I'm going pretty quickly here. This is just a snapshot, very quick snapshot. I won't go into the details. You focus on strategy, implementing good controls, keeping a close eye on cash. Many small business owners don't have a strategy. They, they have very poor records and weak cash flow controls. So if you're in this category, you're going broke because you don't know whether you're coming or going. There's a comedian that says, sometimes, sometimes you would wear something that looks like it hasn't been sewn properly and people think you are going and you say, <laughs> So in your business, if you're not understanding any of these controls, you don't know whether you're coming or going. 
Do you have a clear strategy? Clear strategy is about business plan. A business plan needs to have a marketing plan. Needs who's in the management team? You know, what's your idea? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What's your competition? You need to understand all those things, right? I know we all love to do business, but you've got to, these are some of the key strengths that you have that you need to understand. Your accountant, if you have an accountant, if you don't have an accountant, get an accountant. Your accountant is not the person who has invested money in the business. So they are not the ones who are vested in. It's you. So you've got to understand the numbers. You've got to be able to look at a set of financial statements and understand what they're telling you. Are you making money or not? Yes or yes? So that's your job as a business owner. You can, you can outsource the accounting function, but you still need to be able to interpret the numbers. How much have I spent? How do I price this? Pricing policy is dependent on how much you're spending, how much profit you want to make on top. Yes or yes? So you've got to understand the numbers and you've got to keep good records. So next time we come, we're going to probably go into more details on some of that information and other topics that we love to train on that can help you propel your business forward. I've talked a lot, but I hope you can get out of here and um, go to your, your business or your, your workplace with a renewed mindset, knowing that you can achieve greatness because it's not that far away from where you are right now. So I want to wrap it up with this. The Chinese bamboo tree, when it's planted, you won't know that it's been planted. You've got to keep watering it every day, year after year, year after year, and there'll be no sign of growth. But it takes patience, it takes persistence, and you've got to keep doing it consistently every single time, every single day. After years, it's about five years, that's when it breaks ground. But once it's, it breaks ground, within a very, very short period of time, it grows to about 90 feet tall. So I want you to remember, whatever you're doing today, maybe the results are very small. Maybe the results are not able to put food on your table. Find a job that will put food on your table and keep pursuing your dream. Don't give up on your dream. Keep focusing on what God put into your heart. Each one of us has got something in us that we can do that can create a big difference for us and for generations to come. So keep pursuing what you've been called for and don't give up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have you here in this, in this meeting hall. My name is Davis Mutawa. I appreciate your company. God bless. Hey, thank you so much. It's Davis Mutawa here. Thank you so much for having listened in to our two episodes of our Think, Execute, Succeed workshop. I hope you learned so much out of that. Any questions that you have as a result of what you heard, hit me up at dmutawa at outlook.com or businessgeneralspodcast at outlook.com. Would love to hear from you. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player so that you do not miss an episode. We've got great interviews coming your way. I've got more material, more resources, more tools for you to access and for you to leverage your business journey and to actually succeed in what your dreams and your passions are. Love you guys. See you next time. Ciao.